Thanks so much for tuning into 7IM Church's podcast. We are so glad you are here. To connect with us, you can head over to 7imchurch.com slash connect, and we'd love to hear from you. We also post regularly on Facebook at 7IM Church, and we live stream all of our services Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. We believe that God is moving in our midst, and we are so humbled and excited to be a part. Thank you for listening to today's message. Matthew chapter 28, the word of God says this, starting in verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. He is risen, church. Come on, somebody. Jesus is alive. Do you believe that this morning? We celebrate this Easter Sunday because what took place on this Sunday some 2,000 years ago changed everything. Everything in the course of human history, everything in my life. And if you're a follower of Jesus in the room this morning, you can testify he's changed everything in your life. And my prayer today is that if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you will experience the love of Jesus that truly can change everything in your life today. On this Resurrection Sunday, you would also come alive. He's woke up, y'all. I'm just saying, guys, we had to get a little bit excited today. What does the cross mean to you? That's the question that I want to unpack for us this morning on this Easter weekend. We've been talking about this cross Nails in his hands, nail in his feet, a crown of thorns on his head. You know, last night I watched Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ with my grandparents. They'd not yet seen it. They're in town visiting from Florida, and uh, we watched that movie. And what was rather amazing to me is just how much Jesus fought To stay alive through all of the torture, all of the beatings, all of the pain, all of the agony, just so he could fulfill every single prophecy and take his last breath on this very cross. If you've ever seen that movie, I actually found it rather interesting that there's Jesus, the king of the Jews, whipped, beaten, bloody, bruised, you name it, hanging on the cross. Yet they showed two other criminals who deserved to be there. And the only thing on their body was blood trickling down their hands from the nails and blood dripping from where their feet were. Why? Because the Jews saw it so fit they wanted to punish our Savior so badly before he ever picked up his cross. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm in my pastel colors and we celebrate Easter with fun colors and Easter eggs and all these other things. But we do have to pause for a moment and remember just how horrific the cross truly was for our Savior, Jesus. 
just how painful his suffering was. Because friends, I want to tell you the truth this morning. Every single flogging that hit his back. Every single whip that whipped his body. Was meant for you and meant for me. We deserved that punishment. But Jesus and his love for us took it upon himself so we would never have to. This morning, I want to talk to you about equations of life. And this video kind of started to unpack some of that for us. And and as I started to think about life and I started to just kind of pray for different people that might be in the room this morning, the Lord kind of started to tell me different equations that people are trying to figure out right now. And whether you know it or not, your life is full of a lot of questions. And so what do we do when we have questions? We want to know what the answer is. And another way to write the answer is to write the equal sign. Blank equals blank. And so I just want to look at a few equations that some of you in the room this morning might be asking. Number one, what is life? For someone, you might try to answer this question that life equals my family plus my job, plus my hobbies, plus my dreams and aspirations. That must be what my life is equal to. For others in this room, you're asking the question right now, what is healing? What equals healing in my life? Is healing equal to time? Is healing equal to rebounding? Is healing equal to drugs and alcohol? Is healing equal to blank? Others this morning, we might find ourselves asking this question. What is my purpose? You know, I think that's a question at some point in your life, whether you're asking it right now or not, you've come to that conclusion. I've got to figure out what my purpose is. And maybe this equation sounds like this for you. My purpose equals my accomplishments. My purpose equals my relationship status. My purpose equals my title at work. Or others, this is an equation that you stumbled into a church on Easter Sunday that you're still trying to write in the blank. What is the church? And unfortunately, for far too long in America, people have answered this equation like this. The church equals people plus hypocrisy plus judgment. Or maybe you're asking the question this morning, what is love? Is love me plus them? Is love equal to abuse minus happiness just so I can say I'm in love? What is love? I want to look at the equation this morning that truly is the answer to all of life's questions. And that is what is the cross? And I'm here to tell you this morning the answer to that question might be far more simple than what you think. The cross equals love. And some of us, we don't understand what love is, but I'm here to tell you the love of Jesus is this kind of love that on the cross, he said, I love you, even if you love me not. That's unconditional love. Like, I don't know about you, but when I got married, I wanted to make sure that my wife was all in on loving me before I said I do. Like, I don't know, do I have any grooms in the room that you said, you know, there was that moment before the wedding ceremony where you were like, oh God, I hope she says I do. Like, this is her last chance to back out. 
And, and when they say I do, what are they saying? They're making that commitment and that vow before the public and before God to say I will never leave you no matter what till death do we part. And that's an amazing kind of love, but I'm here to tell you there's a love that's even deeper than that. That's not based on the condition of I do. It's based on the condition of the cross. Jesus said, I love you even if you love me not. The Bible says that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. This morning, I don't want to just look at the equation of the cross, though. Because if we believe that equation to be true, then I want to ask you, what are you going to do with it? I want to talk about the power of the cross. Forget not the power of the cross. Church, come on, say that with me. Forget not the power of the cross. You see, I think on Easter weekend every year, we're reminded for just a moment of what truly took place. Our Savior giving his life for us on the cross. And then Monday comes, and then Tuesday happens, and then life happens, and then we get into July, and we get into August, and, and, and then we get to Christmas, and we're all excited about that. And, and at some point, we forget about the power of the cross. And that's why I believe even in America, we might have churches full on Easter Sunday, but we are the most ineffective we've ever been. And it is because the church has forgotten the power of the cross. And if we truly understood the power that was connected to this cross, we would walk out of these walls and we would go be the church and we would tell everybody about the man named Jesus. So let's begin in here. Because we can't do it out here until we recognize it. And here, forget not the power of the cross. Here's the first thing the cross does. It proclaims victory. Say that with me, victory. victory. Say it like you mean it, victory. victory. You know, like that thing the Dallas Cowboys have never experienced? Yeah, that's victory. <laughs> the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The power of the cross proclaims victory. What's so amazing about this is up until this point in human history, this image of the cross was not an image of victory. It was an image of defeat. It was an image of shame. It was an image of guilt. The cross was actually a form of execution saved for the worst of the worst Criminal. So why are we standing here on Easter Sunday? Some of us wearing a cross around our neck, proclaiming that the power of the cross is victory. Because three days later, we know what happened. Three days later, we saw Jesus come out of that tomb. And what I believe our Savior was trying to teach us about this cross and about this word victory is in life right now, society will try to tell you that victory is found in how hard you're willing to fight. Are you struggling with something? Fight through it. Push through. Work a little harder. Come on, you can do it. And as I watched that movie last night, I watched as Roman guards ridiculed and mocked our King Jesus. Come on, if you're really the Son of God, show us. 
Take yourself off that cross. He had the power to do it, but why did he not? Because I believe our Jesus was trying to teach us something that victory is not found in how hard we're willing to fight, but found in how much we're willing to surrender. What does that tell me? Pastor, what are you trying to say? Whatever battle you're facing right now, keep fighting in the natural. Keep doing what you can. But I want to ask you boldly this morning, have you surrendered it to Jesus? Because true victory is only found when you surrender it to him. And that's what he was showing us on the cross. We are victorious because Christ Jesus took up that cross defeated hell, death, and the grave. And I watch as Christians all around the world are playing this game that I call the victim game. Woe is me, I'm offended. They took away my pews. They're not singing hymns. Oh, the times are changing. Guys, we're not victims. We are victors in Christ Jesus and we press on and we move forward and it's about time the church rose up and walked victorious everywhere we go. The power of the cross proclaims victory. Forget not the power of the cross, it births hope. Somebody say hope this morning. 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to His great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The power of the cross births hope this morning. Here's what kind of hope it gives us. It gives me hope for the future, y'all. The power of the cross gives us hope for the future to know that one day we will be redeemed and restored to our loving Father in heaven. But it doesn't just give me hope for the future. It gives me hope for the present. It tells me right here, right now, that I've got a God who loves me, who will never leave me nor forsake me, no matter what situation I am going through. The Bible says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. But it doesn't just give me hope for the future and hope for the present. And if you're like me, y'all got a past. You know what I'm saying? Anybody got a past in the room this morning? All right. The others of you, you're lying if you didn't raise your hand. I didn't say a bad past. Come on now. Just a past. But some of us, we've got a pretty bad past. And the hope that Jesus gives is not just a hope for the future or a hope for the present, but he also gives me a hope for the past. Because it tells me that even my failures are not greater than God's power to transform. Power to redeem and power to restore. I don't have a hope so kind of hope when I'm talking about the cross, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I hope it happens. Like, I, I, I hope I get the promotion. I, I hope I get this. No, 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 no. We serve a God who gave his life on the cross not so we could live with a hope so hope. He did it so we could live with a no so hope. 
And that's the kind of hope that says, I know what that doctor said, but I'm believing that I will be healed in the name of Jesus. I know what this situation looks like in the natural, but I've got a hope that's not of the natural, and I'm believing I will see breakthrough in the name of Jesus. It is a no-so hope. Forget not the power of the cross. It births hope. Forget not the power of the cross. It offers freedom. Somebody say freedom this morning. Freedom! You know, I, we got some college kids in the room. That's the word that after you graduated high school and you moved out of your parents' house for the first time, you were like, freedom! Yeah, no, we're not talking about that kind of freedom. Nor are we talking about the kind of freedom that's attached to the red, white, and blue. And I know we've got veterans in the room, and I want to thank you and honor you for your sacrifice to this great nation. But... There is an even greater freedom that we have as followers of Jesus Christ than just simply being an American citizen. The Bible says in Galatians 5.13, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but to love and serve one another. What is this kind of freedom? This is the freedom that says you are no longer bound to the bondage of sin, but you are free indeed. This is the kind of freedom that says you are no longer a slave to fear, but you are free indeed. This is the kind of freedom that says you are no longer a slave to that addiction, but you are free indeed. You are no longer a slave to the opinions of others. Come on, somebody say amen. But you are free indeed. Forget not the power power of the cross it offers freedom forget not the power of the cross it grants mercy somebody say mercy this morning mercy. hebrews 4:16 let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need the Bible talks about these two words, grace and mercy. What do they mean? Let me tell you what mercy is. Mercy is compassion that forbears punishment even when justice demands it. Okay, there's, there's this word in the American judicial system called clemency. And, and this is the same word as mercy. And so if somebody is on trial and, and they're guilty of everything that they're being accused of, the judge has an opportunity to grant clemency with no explanation. So if a judge sees a situation and, and they know somebody's guilty, but that judge wants to stand in the gap and say, no, 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 I grant clemency for this one. No explanation. They walk free from the punishment that they deserved. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. The power of the cross grants us mercy that in this we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And so we are very much deserving to die. We very much deserve to be separated from our God in heaven forever. We very much deserve the pain and the crucifixion that our Savior went through. But he granted us mercy and his love for us. That while we were still yet sinners, he died in our place. Jesus taking nails in his hands 
nails in his feet to give us mercy. Have y'all heard the parable of the lost son? Y'all know that story in the Bible? A father's got two sons. One son asks for his inheritance. He runs away and he squanders it. And that son makes a decision, man, I'm better off to go home and be a slave in my father's house. And so he returns home expecting full well to be judged for what he has done. Full well to be punished for what he has done. But to his surprise, when he gets in eyesight of the house, his father takes off running after him with arms wide open, ready to hug his son, receive his son, love his son, and restore him as a son. And one of the things I love about this picture of a cross is that our Savior Jesus gave his life in this posture, arms spread wide. And I'm here to tell you this morning, whether you've ran back to your heavenly Father yet or not, This is how your father is waiting to receive you today. What's so interesting is we don't fully understand this idea because in our humanness, we've had experiences in life where we've done wrong and and we've gone to somebody and we've asked for forgiveness or we've sought reconciliation and their response was arms crossed looking down on us. Why would I forgive you? Why would I let you back into my... No. And and so we've had these experiences and we start to put them on God. And and we think that when we sin or when we fall short that God's going to be mad at us or he's going to be angry with us. And I'm here to tell you this morning, the image of Jesus on the cross was the promise to us that he would always be waiting just like this, arms wide open, ready to receive you back into his arms, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter what's been done to you, forget not the power of the cross, it grants mercy. Forget not the power of the cross, it brings joy. Someone say joy this morning. All right, now someone say joy while you're smiling this morning. Joy! There we go. Y'all hear that difference? I'm just saying, we got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? I got that joy, joy, joy. All right, come on, somebody. Psalm 1611, you make known the path of life to me in your presence. There is the fullness of joy at your right hand, our pleasures forevermore. The power of the cross brings joy. Why are Christians the most unhappy people I've ever met? I'm just saying. Like Budweiser does a commercial and brings more joy to people's faces than the church. What is wrong with that picture, y'all? We're supposed to have fun. Jesus brings us joy. Like I was once dead in my sin, but I'm alive because Jesus is alive. Don't steal my joy. On devil, you can get behind me. Like I'm just saying, if we would begin to walk around in life and smile a little bit more and be excited about what we're going through. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 tells us that Jesus looked towards the joy set before him. As he endured the cross. Like some of y'all 
let your work steal your joy. And I'm just saying your job was not near as painful as the cross. Yet Jesus looked towards the cross and endured it with joy. Why? Because he knew he was going to be reunited with his father in heaven. He knew that he was going to have the victory and triumph over sin. And he had joy knowing that he would one day have the opportunity to be in relationship with you. Relationship with me. He endured the cross before him. He saw it as joy. No more bloody lambs or goats to be sacrificed. And somebody said amen. I mean, I'm just saying, Zoila, Zoila does our cleaning here, and she's shouting a big amen, because if we were sacrificing goats and sheep up in here, that job would be a whole lot harder. But I'm just saying, we don't got to kill nothing. Jesus gave his life. The veil has been torn. We can be in a one-on-one relationship with our King Jesus today. Yes, there's a joy that awaits us in heaven in his presence and that glory of eternity forever. But y'all, it's about time we stop waiting for heaven and we start bringing heaven down to earth today and we start living with the joy of the Lord in our hearts. Author, theologian, pastor John Piper once said this, if Jesus had not willingly died, neither he nor we could experience joy. He would have been disobedient and we would have perished in our sin. His joy and our joy were acquired at the cross. So what do we do with it? Now we follow him in the path of love. We had one of our overseer pastors here in town a few weeks ago. And he made a statement. He said, church, it's God's job to judge. It's the Holy Spirit's job to change and convict. It's the church's job to love. Is that what we're doing when we're sharing Jesus with people? Or are we standing there judging them for the sin that they're struggling with? Is that what we're doing when we're talking on Facebook Or are we sharing accusations and judgment? That was never our job. Our job is to love. Why? Because the power of the cross brings joy. Here's the last thing I want us to see this morning about the power of the cross. The power of the cross extends forgiveness. Come on, somebody say forgiveness. I'm glad y'all are excited about that one. Ephesians 1 7 says in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace the power of the cross extends forgiveness Jesus on that cross arms stretched wide well how far does this forgiveness extend as far as from the east to the west what's amazing about an extension is it at some point has to be received And while the cross extends forgiveness, unfortunately, not everybody receives it. And sometimes in our American culture, we just 
go to a funeral service and we celebrate the life of somebody who lived and we talk as if they're in heaven. But the question that I'm asked is, did they know Jesus? Like I turn on the news and I watch of shootings happening all over our country or all over the world. And yes, my heart breaks because lives are lost. But I believe we're not talking about the bigger issue. Did they know Jesus before they took their last breath? Y'all, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. But we are guaranteed to one day die. And the Bible says after death comes judgment. And for some, we might think that it's unloving that we have a God who would judge us. But that's actually the total opposite because we deserve the judgment. But our God was so loving that he took the judgment upon himself on the cross. And through that, he extended forgiveness to you and to me. This claim that Jesus is the only way is not a selfish claim from a God that is self-conceited. It is an exclusive claim because Jesus is the only way. But it's an offer that is expansive. Meaning the door is wide open for anyone who calls upon the name of Jesus. He gave his life willingly not knowing if we would ever receive his love. The power of the cross extends forgiveness. I want you to leave here today. If you don't remember or hear anything else, hearing this statement, you guys can throw it on the screen. Forget not the power of the cross because the cross equals love. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only life, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If we grew up in church, we have that verse memorized inside out. Some of y'all can probably recite it backwards. But do you understand the power and the promise of that statement? For God so loved the world. Not an elite few. Not the perfect Christian. Not the biggest giver. Not the one with perfect church attendance. God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. I told you guys we began talking about equations of life. And so I want to ask you again. What does that equation mean to you? The cross equals love. Is it an equation that you will accept and believe to be true in your life? Or is it just something you're going to stow away, stick on a nightstand, or forget about altogether and go on living your life however you want? Or will you begin to live with it, accept it, and let that be the cry of your heart all the days of your life. I want to pray for us this morning. And after I pray, we're actually going to go back into some worship songs. This stands kind of cool, y'all. I'm just saying. It's pretty neat. It just disappears. I'm doing this on purpose. And, oh, I need to hit the gym. 
I want to pray. And after I pray, what we're going to do is there's going to be a video that comes on the screen. And after that video, we're going to go back into three or four worship songs. And and what I want to do this morning is I I want to do something a little bit different. And, And it might get unorganized. It might get a little crazy. We got a lot of people here. So if we need to, heck, worship team, we'll just play six or seven songs if we need to. And uh, we'll just sit here and worship. But I want to invite you. I want to invite you because worship is just not singing. Like, y'all know that, right? Like, we sing as a form of worship. But but that's not the only type of worship. When you go to work, I want to ask you, are you allowing your work to be worship? God uses everything for worship. But, but are you going to worship him through it? And, and so not just through song this morning, but I want to worship our king through an action. And, and what I want to do with you, church, is I want to invite you. If you are going to believe that this equation is true, that the cross equals love, I want to invite you to come forward. And I'm not saying just those that are accepting that for the very first time today. I know there's some saints in the room that have been following Jesus for longer than I've been alive. And and I want you to stake on this cross with a hammer and nail your name. There's slips of paper up here. There's markers. There's nails and there's hammers. And, And what I want to invite you to do is not just write your name. But if you've been a follower of Jesus for years or decades, I want you to think back to what year you gave your life to Jesus. What year did you truly submit and surrender your life to him? So put your name, can just be a first name, and then put the year. And the reason that I want to challenge you to do this is I've asked our church before, Do you remember the moment that you cried out to Jesus for the very first time? Because that matters. Like I know some of y'all, like wives, be nice in this moment, okay? Husbands, I know you always remember your anniversary. But can I tell you there's a date that's more important than your anniversary? It's the day that you gave your life to Jesus. And so if you can't remember that date, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write the year 2023. And I want you to go home and in your phone, on a sticky note, in a journal, in your Bible, write April 9th, 2023. And never forget that date. It's the single greatest decision you will ever make. And this morning, if you've never made that decision... To submit and surrender your life to Jesus. I'm here to tell you. There is nothing you can do. To qualify yourself to come to him. Religion will try to sell you. X, Y, Z paths to righteousness. And paths to forgiveness. No, no, no. The veil was torn. You don't need a priest, prophet, or a monk. To take your hand and walk you to Jesus. You have access directly right now. To go to your heavenly father. To ask for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive him into your heart. To receive that forgiveness. To receive the extension of the cross. And beginning today, you will live differently because you are choosing to follow him. So I want to pray with you. Give an invitation. And then as we, as we watch this video and then as we go back into a time of worship, as you feel led, 
I want to invite you to come to the foot of the cross. If you need to come and you need to kneel at the altar and pray, if you need to do your thing, do your thing. But we're going to invite Holy Spirit to move. And I very vividly want you to remember this moment. That on the cross that Jesus died on, as those nails were being driven into his hands and the nail in his feet, your name was on his mind. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, thank you for your love. God, I just pray right now for anyone in this room, those joining us online, that if there's anyone who has not yet accepted this equation of the cross equals love to be true in their own life, have not yet received the extension of the forgiveness that you offered us on the cross, that today would be that day. And if you're in this room or you're joining us online and you want to make that decision for the very first time, or maybe you need to recommit your life to him in this moment, I want you to talk to your heavenly father right now. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he died and was resurrected on the third day, then you shall be saved. Y'all, that word saved is not just fire insurance for eternity. It is saved into a relationship with the living King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today. You can begin that relationship with him. So cry out to him right now. Talk to your heavenly father, ask for forgiveness, repent of your sins and declare that he is Lord of your life. And God, I pray over all of us in this room today that in these next few moments of worship, that as we take time to write our name and write the year we gave our, our life to you and then nail it to the cross, that this Easter Sunday, April 9th, 2023 in Mineola, Kansas, will be a day that we remember for the rest of our life because we were reminded of the power of the cross, that the cross equals love. It's in your holy and precious name, all of God's children said, amen and amen.